to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela. Welcome back to Architecting, or if you are just finding this podcast, I am so glad you're here. There is so much good stuff happening in the spring this year. I've been doing some balls interviews, so look for those. I usually don't do a whole lot of interviews. I try to keep them to about 20% of the episodes, but I've just had so many opportunities to talk to people whose insights you're going to find really valuable that I've been doing more interviews because I really want to make sure that the content here is really inspiring you and serving you to live your best life. Also want to offer you more than just a podcast. I want to offer you opportunities to interact and learn and grow. On April 18th, I'm doing a panel discussion around mentorship with Jordan Kravitz and Carl Sergio. And Jordan and Carl, respectively, are in charge of two mentorship programs that are geared toward young architects. They have different formats, and they are for people at different places in their career. But they've been doing this work for a while, and I thought it would be a really great opportunity to get their perspectives on mentoring, learn more about their programs if you happen to be interested, but also to do something I don't normally do when I do interviews for the podcast, which is open it up to the audience. So if you'd like to join us, you can either go to architectingpodcast.com or click the link in the show notes and sign up to be in our audience. It's totally free, but it's going to be a really fun chance to ask questions and interact with Jordan and Carl. So make sure that you don't miss that opportunity. And even if you're thinking, you know, I'm not a young architect, there's a lot you can learn about mentor. Everybody needs a mentor. I have mentors. It doesn't matter where your career goes, you always need a mentor. And as you advance in your career, you have an opportunity to mentor others. So this is super valuable. The other really fun thing coming up next Saturday, which is April 21st, is I am doing a low-key time management workshop. This is a big request. In fact, I have even been asked to speak to a leadership group here in Cincinnati about time management. It comes up again and again from those of you in the audience, but also other architects that I talk to, other people in the industry. So I thought I would do this workshop because a lot of times we're already stressed and what we can find about time management wants you to put all these structures in place and create new habits and That takes even more energy and effort and focus. And so we can intellectually buy into what we're hearing and say, yep, that makes sense and never do it. So I thought, 
let me show you some of the ways I've kind of expanded my bandwidth and found a way to do more, to target things more to what I want, to defining things more on my terms and keeping good boundaries so I don't feel overwhelmed without having to keep calendar journals and planners and implement all these things that just feel hard. This is very easy, very, very low key. So again, that's another free workshop that I'm doing next Saturday, April 21st. If you want to get in on that, go to architectingpodcast.com. You can click the link right on the front page or you can look for the link in the show notes. Today, in light of both of these topics, I wanted to explore the I'm fine culture that is so pervasive these days. It's becoming a meme. People laugh about it. People wear Halloween costumes. The truth is there is a secondary benefit to saying I'm fine. When you say I'm fine, it really means you're stuffing down what's going on. You're not vocalizing it. You're putting on that happy face. You're pretending things are okay, but beneath the surface, it's not okay. The other thing that happens is there is a secondary gain when you say, I'm fine. And this secondary gain extends to a lot of the other things in our life that make us feel overwhelmed. A secondary game in psychology is what are you getting by what you're doing that's beyond the apparent thing that's going on. So a really good example of this is my son is like the wunderkind. He is doing so many things. He just came back from a trip to Greece and Italy. He's in three different choirs, all of which he had to audition for. He plays piano. He does all this stuff. And sometimes, like will happen to any 16-year-old, things fall through the cracks, right? Because he's just got so much going on. And so I will get notices. Hey, This homework and math, it's past due. What's going on with this? Primary benefit of not doing the homework was just he was busy and it freed up his time or let him go to bed earlier or whatever. But what I started to notice was even when he did the homework, he wasn't turning it in. Dig a little deeper and it turns out he was embarrassed to have to go to his math teacher with something that was several weeks late and turn it in. His image of himself as a student would then be changed. And he was also very intimidated to have to admit that he did something wrong. So there was a lot of like guilt and shame and everything else wrapped up in it. Even though it wasn't serving him to not turn this homework in, the secondary benefit of not having to own that he made a mistake and that he has to fix it, the relief of not having to do that was a strong enough benefit that he was continuing to do things that clearly weren't serving him as a student. We do this so many times 
in our own lives. Like think about when you say, I feel overwhelmed, I don't have time for that. The secondary benefit is you don't have to challenge yourself. You don't have to step outside of your comfort zone. When you say, I don't know how, and throw up your hands and wait for somebody else to swoop in and rescue you, you have the secondary benefit of not having to learn a new skill or show yourself your own resilience. You get to just surrender. And when we're busy, as you know, a lot of my work uh, deals specifically with stress and what stress does to us. Our brain doesn't have as much bandwidth. And so anything that in any way feels uncomfortable, we put in the proverbial too hard basket. And I do this too. So, you know, it's something I think we all face in our lives. What do you put in the too hard basket? Well, for me right now, it's finishing my taxes. And I should have worked with an accountant, but I didn't because I was busy and it was supposed to be easy and then it wasn't. And if I would just sit down for two hours, I could knock this out. But it requires me pulling together a lot of information that right now I don't have time to do. And I'm tired because I've been having these long days, lots going on at work with projects, lots going on with architecting. So I'm putting it in the too hard basket. Is it really too hard? No, it's not really too hard. It's just easier. There's that secondary benefit of not having to deal with something that I really don't want to deal with. I've been doing a lot of research over the years into stress, but also clinical workspace and what supports someone and burnout, the need to create respite spaces. But then we learn as we develop these things that they don't get well used. So now, sort of shifting my work to why are people afraid to admit they need respite? Why is there this I'm fine culture that pervades, especially in the healthcare sector, but I think we can all relate to it. This stoicism that doesn't really serve us but that we feel compelled to push ourselves. We feel embarrassed to say we need a break. We feel like we can't show weakness or that we don't have time to take time. Really wanted to address this today because it is showing up more and more and more. And the secondary benefit that comes out of that I'm fine is really getting to be the victim, the martyr. You get to give other people your power because then if something goes wrong, you have a place to put the blame that isn't you because you had to keep going. You had to push through the pain. You had to drag yourself across the finish line. You had to, so now nobody gets to question the results because they're lucky you did it at all. You alternatively had to turn that thing down. That was a great opportunity because you couldn't do it. So the I'm fine culture really, really, really is 
rooted in a toxic positivity. It's rooted in passive aggressiveness. It's rooted in codependency, a need to show up a certain way. Meanwhile, resentment is building. Anger is building. And that means we're not showing up as our best selves for our coworkers, for our clients, for our family, for our friends, because we're not in a good place. We're just pretending like we are. We're reading from a script, not being our authentic and genuine selves. So what do we do to counteract the I'm fine culture? Well, the first thing really is we have to embrace vulnerability. And this is hard because if you are used to being the person who's fine all the time, who can make it happen no matter what, who's trading off your own happiness or your own personal evolution for making sure that life runs smoothly for everybody else, You don't feel that you even can be vulnerable because you're thinking about the needs of everybody else in your life and what will happen to them if you're not playing the role that you're playing. What I really cannot emphasize enough is you can pour into other people all day long but if what you're pouring into them is the toxic sludge because you are utterly depleted, you're not serving them. You're not serving yourself. All you are doing is propagating a broken relationship. We need to be vulnerable. We need to take time. We need to be willing to say when we need the time, when we need the support, when I'd be happy to do it, but under these terms, not as soon as possible, not drop everything. And when we can be more vulnerable about what we need, when we can be more willing to take the time for self-care, even though it feels like we're not getting things done, it actually means that we are getting more done better in less time. Our brain is refreshed It's more creative. The tired, exhausted, stressed out brain is full of toxic chemicals. You've heard me talk about this before, that our emotions are tied to every hormone in our endocrine system. And our physical body needs things like sleep and nutrition and movement to work all those chemicals through our system every day. When we deny ourselves those things because we're fine and we don't need it and we can make the sacrifice, we're actually poisoning ourselves and we get addicted to that poisoning, but it is hurting our brain function and our ability to be creative and our ability to have patience, to be more willing to work with people, to have empathy, to see people not through our own wounds, but for who they are and what they're going through. So we really, really need to practice self-care. And when we do, all of a sudden we have access to the ability to be more creative, 
to be a better person in the world. And therefore, we're doing better work. We are a better resource to all these people that we think we need to be there for. We're actually showing up better for them when we take time for ourselves. What we can let go of when we want to drop being quote unquote fine is that we get to empower other people. Because if I can't do this for you right now, you either have to figure out how to do it for yourself, decide that it maybe didn't need to get done, or think of another alternative. Now that other person has to say, what can I do? How can I figure it out? If we want to really practice this, it means setting up really good boundaries about what you will and will not do, when you will and will not be available, being unafraid to let a situation fail or a person fail, Don't feel that you need to be the rescuer all the time. It's okay to fail. What do we learn from failure? Prompt people to think about the consequences of the current path they're on, but don't swoop in and save them. Ask people how they think they could solve something when they come to you with a problem instead of trying to fix it for them. We learn by doing. We don't learn when other people do it for us. You think about before you learned to drive and you were just a passenger in the car, did you know your way around very well? Probably not because you didn't have to care. When you started to have to be the driver, all of a sudden, where things were, names of streets, directions suddenly mattered because now you had to be the one who was responsible. And it's the same for everyone in our lives that we think we're helping when we are their rescuer, when we are their savior. We're actually keeping them in a passive mode where they're not learning skills and not cultivating abilities that they absolutely have it in them to do. So we're almost telling them that we don't believe that they're smart enough or capable enough to figure it out. I hope that this was helpful to you today and helped you reframe why you might be being stoic and it's not serving you or the other people in your life and really helping you to step away from that I'm fine culture to take more time for your self-care, to build your own personal resiliency so that you can spread that out to others. And don't forget to check out the mentoring panel discussion and also really, really make time in your calendars next Saturday because I'm not doing a recording for this because I want you to be fully present. Show up. Sign up for my low-key time management class. It is going to be really powerful stuff and you're going to get tools that you absolutely can use so you don't want to miss it. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. 
How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.